So he was like, I need you to go measure all the holes. And it's like a hotel. So it's a lot. And he was like, I need you to go measure all these holes. And like, and then I need you to call the supply guy. Like, I'm not calling my dad. I'm calling like straight to the supply guy and telling him how many I need. And so if, if I mess up, it's on me, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then it was like, he had me doing a lot of individual stuff with that. And like, at first I was like, dang, like, dang, that's a lot of responsibility <laughs> because if I, you know, if I tell a guy too much of one thing, then now it's like, okay, we wasted money. Mm-hmm. And then if I tell him too little, now we have to order more. And now it's like, everything's delayed. So it's like, you know, it was a lot. Hey, college kids. Welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Michael. So if you could introduce yourself. Hello. Hello. I'm happy to be here. I'm Michael Davis. I am from around Metro Detroit area in Michigan. I am um, planning on attending Vanderbilt University in the fall with a major in biomedical engineering. All right. So let's start from the basics before we get into your college application. Can you give us, you know, your demographics, number one. So like, you know, your gender, your race, your relative socioeconomic status upon application And then also, what was like the expectation for you in terms of going to college, whether that's from your family or from your friends or from your class? Like, what was your expectation for education? Okay, so demographics, I'm African-American male. um, And to go off of kind of what my expectations were, um, I mean, ever since I was young, my parents have always been pushing college, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and especially like the higher colleges. Um, My mom was big on colleges just specifically, but I, I kind of like viewed like college as something I always wanted to do. And I kind of always wanted to like go to a school where I could be with other people that also like wanted to learn and wanted to, you know, like, you know, study and research and stuff like that. So Um, I'll say pretty much from the beginning, it's always been like one of my main goals was to go to college and try to go to a higher ranked college. Mm -hmm. All right. And in terms of like helping you prepare and stuff, can you tell us about the kind of high school that you went to? Was it like, you know, a public school and there are Mm -hmm. different types of public schools. So like, can you specify which one or maybe it was a private school and what kind of resources did they give you in terms of preparing you for college in general, which would be like AP, IB classes, and then also helping you with your college app. Like, were there counselors ready to help you if you just Mm -hmm. went to them and they would, you know, assist you in whatever you needed? Yeah. So going on, like, help about, like, my college process. um, I mean, I just go to, like, I would call it, like, a normal public school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's really, like, I mean, we would have AP classes, and there was a different high school in my district that had an IB program, but you would have to go to that high school for it. Um, but my high school, like I said, we had AP classes and honors classes. And then, I mean, other besides that, we had like the um, PSAT and like stuff like that. But like, mm-hmm. I think that might be a requirement for high schools. Um, but yeah, and then counselors. I mean, my counselors were there. Um, they not necessarily would help you for like specific things, but like if you had a question like, oh, how do I set up a common app? Um, like how do I make a common app account? Or if I, you know, like, oh, how do I, you know, start fast foot? They would help with more stuff like that. Less with like um, specific strategies, I per se, to get into certain schools. Okay, so like just general stuff? Yeah, just general like basics, like this is how you can like actually apply to a school. Okay. All right. And in terms of like your actual school itself, were there many kids who were like aiming for top schools? Did I mean, obviously like Harvard and, you know, all the top <laughs> yeah. schools are only going to at most accept like one or two from your school, but was your school like fairly competitive academically? Like were there a good amount of people applying to the top schools and some that would actually get in? Yeah. So at my school, um, it's kind of like, a really big like it's like two groups it's like there's 
one group of kids that are striving for like near perfection. And then you have like the other group that's kind of like, you know, just doing their thing, whatever makes them happy in the moment. If it's going to school, then they're going to school. If it's not, then, you know, you won't see them. But um, yeah, there's a good amount. Like my peers, I know there was a lot of people applying to the top schools and actually quite a few people got into top schools. Like there's a boy who went, who got into Princeton. I think he's going there. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple got into Penn and then a couple got into Northwestern. But um, in Michigan, there's like, a really big amount of students in each high school around Michigan that go to U of M and like U of M is a really good school. Um, and so that's why a lot of people choose it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's definitely like um, me and my sister, she graduated two years ago. She kind of, we kind of look at it as like in our district and like where we're where we, around where we live. It's kind of like, if you're smart, you go to U of M. That was just kind of like the, um, like the connotation, like what people were like, Oh, okay. You're smart. Yeah, you're gonna go to U of M. Like it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, like not even a question. All right. So you grew up with like a fair enough competition that like, mm-hmm. okay. All right. So let's get into your actual transcript, extracurriculars, and stuff. So you did say your school offered APs. So by the time you applied, which would include senior year, like the APs you're taking senior year, how many APs did you show? Like submit to colleges. So I submitted eight AP classes and like eight honors classes. All right, that's good. And then in terms of your GPA, both the unweighted and weighted, where did you fall? So the unweighted is the one out of 4.0. And mm-hmm. then for the weighted, can you give the scale that your school uses? Like five, okay. 5.5. Okay, so um, unweighted, I had a 4.0. And weighted, they do out of five. So weighted, I had a 4.3. All right. There's not much to do with grace. We're just kind of like flying this part. <laughs> okay. And one thing before we get into the other parts, you said that education was stressed in your family. Like your sister, she went to college and your parents yeah. expected you to pursue higher education. And you said it came more so from you to strive for one of the like top schools. So coming into high school, did you have like a clear plan? Like not exactly like I'm going to take these AP classes exactly, but did you have yeah. a clear cut plan on what you needed, quote unquote, needed for like a top school? Like, did you come in like that? Or were you more like, I'll look at what I have and we'll go Mm -hmm. with the flow? Yeah, actually, that's probably one of my biggest regrets about high school is that I came in freshman year already looking at schools I want to go to. Mm -hmm. um, And I already, like like I said before, my sister already went through a lot of the process. So I already kind of knew like my schedule for all four years (laughs) coming in freshman year. Cause it was like my sister, like, she I know what classes she took her sophomore her freshman sophomore and then like her junior um and stuff and so she was like well you have to take these classes if you want to <laughs> if you want to go to a higher like a really prestigious quote-unquote school and so like coming in freshman year I knew I was gonna take AP Chem, AP Bio you know like I knew specific classes I was gonna take which like I enjoyed a lot of my classes but one thing I like always wanted to do was like like there was like engineering classes offered at my school or like computer science classes. And like, I couldn't take those because it was like, I had like this strict ske- like schedule. I put myself in like, I have to take these, like as many APs as I can, you know, like I have to do this and this, like I tested out health my freshman year somewhere <laughs> just mm-hmm. so I can squeeze in like another AP. So like, yeah, I definitely came in like, already looking at colleges like funny enough I looked at Vanderbilt my freshman year (laughs) that's like I heard about him and stuff and like it it was just like I came in instantly it was like college you know um so yeah Mm -hmm. I appreciate the honesty because a lot of people I interview from top schools they're like oh I just came in and looked at my options I'm like I feel like if you go to, if you (laughs) effort in for a top school, you come in knowing exactly what you're going to be doing. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Believe me, at my school, I know people (laughs) know exactly what they want. They know what they're doing. All right. So let's get on to SAT, ACT. So I'll let you take it from here. Which one did you choose to take? Number one, what preparations did you do? How many times did you take it? And what is your super score in the end? Okay. So uh, to start off, I ended up being test optional for a most of my schools mm-hmm. um and so I I guess I'll go to scores first so SAT my best score I only took it once I got a 1250 and I was I guess once 
I didn't really study as much as I could could have, but it was like I took it and like like my school got out in June 13th and I took it like June 16th. So like it was like either I studied for finals or I, you know, or I grind out and just say screw finals and study for SAT. So I kind of like prioritized my GPA over studying for SAT. So I wasn't like I couldn't be too mad at my SAT score really. Mm-hmm. Um and then I kind of looked into the ACT. I was like, okay, maybe that's the one for me. Um, and so I decided to take that one. And I did, I guess I did okay. I don't know where the correlation with the numbers is compared to SAT, but I got a 28 on the one time I took that. Now was, these are both my sophomore year. And then, um, no, not my sophomore year. This is my freshman year. Because in you sophomore took it freshman year, year? It was oh my the God. end. It was the summer after, like going into sophomore year. Oh, okay. That's because so then, Damn. yeah, because I was going to take it again my sophomore summer, but then COVID hit in March. Uh, and so I was signed up to take ACT again mm-hmm. um, the summer of my sophomore year. And like my goal going into sophomore year was like, okay, I'm going to like start in January and just grind out ACT, you know, um, and then the summer I'll like be master at it, take it get like a 36 and this is in my head mm-hmm. <laughs> get a 36 and then every school is gonna accept me and i'll be a senior and be like on the news with like oh michael is going to every ivy you know like, mm-hmm. that was like me going into sophomore year and then obviously like the pandemic and it was like okay all testing around me was closed for pretty much most of my sophomore year most like the end of my sophomore year they were all closed going to junior year they didn't open back up until I want to say like March. So like they're close being like a full year since COVID. Um, and then around that time, I already clocked out with like studying for SAT and ACT. So like I could have pushed, like kept pushing and, you know, okay, I'm, you know, I'm a, cause I know some people who as soon as it opened up, they were there taking it, you know, or like, and they took the time in the pandemic to study for it. And they, you know, like, I know people got, you know, perfect scores, not all near perfect scores and stuff. And so, like, I don't know, with me, I just, like, I just always prioritize, like, classwork and GPA and, like, learning school material and then, like, mastering the strategies of, like, SAT and ACT. And so, kind of wrap that up, I think my my super score of SAT was, like, Oh wait, I didn't. I only took it once, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I think my super score was the twelve fifty, and then same with ACT. I think no ACT. It was actually no, it was the same because I don't take it. Yeah. Okay, so twelve fifty yeah. and twenty eight. So yeah. I mean, obviously, you got into Vanderbilt. <laughs> I don't know how many results <laughs> you can have from there, yeah. but would you recommend like? Because schools are becoming more test optional. It's like, it's kind of iffy on what it's going to look like in the future. But is that kind of like a regret you have not studying more for the SAT or ACT? Yeah, it's something where it's like, as I got rejected from some schools or like waitlisted, it was like in the back of my mind, like, oh, like if I put in the time to study for these tests and then I submitted a pretty high score instead of being test optional would have changed the result. So like, I not necessarily regret it where I'm at now. Yeah. But definitely, like when I opened up like a you know status update on the portal and it wasn't what I wanted, it was definitely like in the back of my mind, like dang, maybe it was because I was like slacking with you know with studying for these tests. All right, all right. Well, worked out in the end, so <laughs> can't have too many regrets. All right, so let's go into extracurriculars. And what I'll have you do, I think this works best, is you can tell me like at least though because I know you can on the common app, you can put like 10 extracurriculars, but there's no way you were like fully committed, really (laughs) leadership in all 10 of them. So if you could give me like the main ones, I guess you could say the ones that took up the most time, the ones that looked like the most impressive or had the biggest impact. If you can give me a list of those and then we can go through each one, you know, how you got involved in it and how far you made it with the extracurricular. Okay. So probably the biggest thing I was like class vice president of my grade, like three years of the four and the one I wasn't I was treasurer <laughs> but um so that was that one and like our board is kind of just like like our student council we just call it like student board and then I've I mean the, 
my biggest thing is sports. Um, like I played basketball, baseball, track, ran track, um, pretty much all four years of high school. Mm-hmm. And then I will say like, there's a bunch of small stuff, but I'm trying to like think of most impactful. Um, oh, one thing that it kind of correlates with Vanderbilt's, um, supplement essay was like every summer I go down to Louisiana where my dad lives and I work for like his company. And so like, I got a lot of like hands-on, like real life in the field. Um, cause he, he has a AC company. So like I would go with him for like a month and a half each summer and just like do all hands-on like around business, like seeing how he's running the business, his workers, like the engineering of how like it works. Like I was just always around that. And that's kind of like, um, that's what I wrote about in my Vanderbilt one supplement essay because I only had one. So I guess that kind of was impactful because <laughs> I got in, but um, yes, yeah, so those, those are probably the biggest three that mm-hmm. I would say. All right. So before we dive into your extracurriculars, you said that, what was it? Bio something that you were thinking of majoring in Vanderbilt? Biomedical engineering. Yeah. So is that something that you realize later down the road? Because that's something that takes years to like yeah. get like internships and like research with that. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I definitely did not think of that right away. I kind of went to high school and knowing I wanted to do something with engineering. So I always liked math and putting stuff together. Um, but then, yeah, it wasn't until I want to say last year mm-hmm. when I took bio and I was like, like I took AP bio, I was like, whoa, like all I heard was people saying bad things about it. And I'm taking it like, yo, this is so cool. But then I still like, like physics and math. Well, maybe not AP physics, but like, <laughs> but like, yep. yeah, but physics and math. And so I was like, okay, like, is there something that can combine them? And then sure enough, I found that there's a, you know, biomedical engineering. And I was like, oh, perfect. So that's, that's kind of where that came from. Cause I definitely did not go into high school with that, mm-hmm. with that in mind. All right. All right. So I just wanted to get that out of the way and let's start with your extracurricular. So you said you were class vice president for three years. Yeah. So can you explain how number one, that like works in your school? Cause mm-hmm. I st- still don't understand how it works at my school. I don't, um, <laughs> I don't understand how it works. And there's like, you know, student member of the board, which is like a, your you, someone from your school represents the County and stuff. So can you oh explain what it like the student council is mm-hmm. at your school and, you know, what did you do as you said you were treasurer, which I assume was like freshman year and then class vice president for the other year. So can you tell us what you did while you were, you know, vice president? OK, yeah. So just to get a quick one through about how my school runs it. So at my school, each grade has a board. So it's like freshman board, sophomore board, junior board, senior board. And then there's also student senate, which is like has members from all grades so it's like all grades can send people it's not like you don't have to like um be elected into it like student senate itself has a president vice president treasurer secretary but to be a member of students you could just you just have to go and wake up early <laughs> um essentially but for the class boards um it's kind of like so your peers basically choose so at the beginning no at the end they changed it at the end of every grade so like at the end of freshman year um there's like okay like we're gonna have elections for the next year so basically i'll create like a video well it became a video in covid before it was like it was a big assembly with your whole grade and you had to have a speech and stand in front of your grade say a speech they cheer or they boo and (laughs) and then they vote. And so it's like your whole grade is voting on one person for each spot. Um, and then obviously because of COVID, it became video summits. So then like teachers just posted each person's video and then there was like a Google form and they would just, you know, select who they wanted. Um, so that's how that works. And then um, as vice president, so like our boards, the main focus is raising money for prom. So like our school, how it does, we don't really do like um, where parents just pay like, oh, like $1,500 at the beginning of the year for them to get all these different things. I know like some schools do that where it's like includes prom, like t-shirts, like all that stuff. How my school does it, we like, we have like our student boards and they try and fundraise and like host like, oh, Chipotle fundraiser, 15% of the funds go to like, you know, our board. And then the board's like whole goal is to like get prom tickets super cheap. So, um, 
yes, like that was my main focus as vice president. It's just like you're, I mean, you're besides that, you're doing like spirit wear and all that stuff. But like your main focus is like, okay, how can we like get a fundraiser that everyone in the school want to do that raise a bunch of money so we can have a cheap prom? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of like our main focus of um, being, I guess, class president or vice president. And then the other side to that was we're also like the first people our principal and vice principal would go to if like, let's say there was, let's say they felt there was a disconnect between the seniors, like now, like, like, let's say, oh, you know, disconnect between the seniors and the teachers or like the students in the building, then they would come to like the um, executive board, which is like, that's just like the vice president, president, secretary. Um, They would come to us first and go, okay, like, do you guys feel like this is how can, you know, let's find a way we can, you know, change it and stuff like that. So that's kind of like our role where we have like the main goal, which is just like raising money for our grade. But then the side part is like, we're like the first people our administration would go to um, mm-hmm. for problems that they feel are in the school. Um, I would like to know how cheap were your, were you guys able to make your prom tickets? <laughs> um want to compare with my school no this year actually we got a grant from our district Mm -hmm. because we sent a very good persuasive essay probably would have gotten a six on uh if he's i'm joking but um we wrote a very good persuasive essay because our district got a bunch of money from the state and they didn't know what to do with it. So we were like, you should give some of it to us for our prom. And we, you know, we just said like, you know, cause COVID can raise money, which was true. Like it was like, no one's going to want to go to like, you know, like Chipotle in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> and so like, it was hard to raise money. Um, cause in Chipotle's, they're already suffering themselves. So like, okay, we can't really give you guys 20% anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they ended up giving us like 11,000, I think for our prom. So our tickets this year probably be like thirty bucks. Damn, my school's yeah. not selling. For se- they're not making any efforts to get money. No, We're really, seventy dollar ticket. Yeah, seventy. Geez, that's steep. I looked at the price. I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, but it's probably that important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, let's just rethink these fantasies. Yeah. All right, so let's go into your other main extracurriculars, which was kind of like. You clumped them all into sports, but you did like multiple sports throughout the year. Mm. So can you explain number one, like for people who are listening, maybe they're like going into high school and such, or like maybe parents don't understand it. Can you explain like how in American high schools, there's like fall sports, you know, okay. winter sports and then spring sports. Cause when I went into high school, I was like, how can people do three sports at a time? <laughs> like how does that even work? Like you're working yeah. out for six hours, but I realized like it's, oh, it's fall, you know, mm-hmm. spring, winter. So can you explain that? And then for each season, which sport you did? Okay. Yeah. So, um, in my district, in my school, so we have like, like you said, like fall, winter and spring. So fall sports at my school start kind of in the summer. They start at the end of August ish. This is where like some tryouts are. And then they go into about beginning of November. That's like where playoffs and all that is. And then, I mean, a week after that in November, winter sports start up and they go about until March ish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then at the end of March, that's when fall, not fall, spring sports start. And then they go about until June. So it's like three different parts. And then each, um, each part has different sports. So like guys, tennis, um, guys, tennis, guys, men's football, um, swim, girls swim is all, um, fall sports. Mm -hmm. And then like men's basketball, girls, basketball, um, men's bowl, men's and girls bowling. Those are all winter sports. And then spring is like baseball, softball, girls, soccer, girls, tennis. Um, and that's, that's in spring. So it's kind of like there's like no sports are in more than one part of the like different season, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, for me, I did, I did, I didn't do any fall sports actually. I wanted to pick up football, but my mom is just so like, Oh, you're going to get a concussion. Oh, you're going to, something's going to happen. And so I, I never was able to do it. You know, I play flag on the side, not really, but <laughs> that's fun. But, um, winter, I did basketball for my first two years of high school. And then 
junior year because of COVID, it was like eerie and season was canceled and it was that was a mess. Mm-hmm. Um and I ended up not doing it senior year just because of just different things. Um I can touch on that later. It's just like balancing college essays, grades, figure out where the heck you want to go, and then trying to add a sport onto that. Um, especially at my school, basketball is like a really big thing. So like basketball um, pretty much practices seven days a week for three, four hours a day. So mm. I was like, mm, that's a mm. big commitment. That's a, and like they practice throughout Christmas break. Like they'll be there Christmas Eve morning, like, like practicing. And then the day after Christmas, you're there bright and early. Like mm, you, know, you know, I like basketball, but you know, I'm not, not trying much. to go. D- yeah, I'm not trying to go D one. So maybe <laughs> I can take a year off. And then um, spring. So this is actually where um, there was a conflict. So baseball and track are both spring sports. So for my first years of high school, I played baseball in the spring. And then I, but I always wanted to do track. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I want to do track. Junior year. I decided, you know, I'm just going to try out track, you know, like, why not try out track? I liked it, tore my hamstring in the second meet, route the rest of the season. But the times I was there, it was nice. (laughs) Um, And then this year, I kind of was like, oh, I'll do track again, you know, and I I was going to, but then they kind of like keep practicing and have like meets into summer and I'm already like done with seeing some people at school. So I'm like, you know, you know, I can go run at the gym, you know, I can, <laughs> I'm good. So yeah. So that's kind of like my sport scene. And then if you want, I could talk about like balancing sports and like academics. So that was a big part of like my first two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Please talk about that. Cause I don't think a lot of people realize what big of a commitment sports yeah. are like, it's like one of my friends, she's probably, I think she's one of the top runners on cross country and track. Mm-hmm. And like, my God, she's <laughs> like, all she does, she, I mean, she loves it. It was good, great for her. Yeah. But it's such a big commitment. So yeah, if you could talk about, you know, also having like AP classes, which is like much more of a handful than regular level classes. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. you talk about how you were able to balance them? If you were yeah. able to, or you've learned later yeah. on? Yeah. So um, basically I just had to get like, I just had to be okay with knowing that like, I couldn't have a bunch of me time mm-hmm. and that like my me time was me playing my sports. So like, basically, like I said, with basketball, that was probably the biggest time commitment. Um, Cause even on like JV and stuff, it was still like, you're practicing six days a week for two, three hours a day. And that's when you don't have games and then games, if it's an hour away, you know, like it was just a, a long process. And then, um, so like, let's say, I wouldn't get home until eight, you know, or nine. And I'm like, okay, crap. Now I got to eat dinner. You know, now I have like, mm-hmm. maybe I have to do dishes, chores. And then I'm not starting homework until 10. And then let's say I have a test the next day. So it's just like, it, it was hard to balance like, okay, I have like this homework to do. And I like, and of course, when you have homework that's not due, but you know, you should do it because it will help. It's easy to like, just say screw it to those and not do them but then you'll regret it when you see it in class lost the next day mm-hmm. um and then obviously if you have a test you're like crap I gotta study for that and I got homework and so it was just it just became of like a sense of like using my free time like when I did have free time on weekends I was sitting there like utilizing the most of it um and then I mean my sleep had to suffer a little bit and I, I wasn't getting eight hours <laughs> at mm. all. But um, yeah, I feel like the biggest key to it is just making sure you're always doing something productive because you'll be really taxed after like a game, for example, like let's say the game's far. So you leave school early. Um, my school gets out at 2.40. So let's say you leave school early. You guys take a bus an hour away. You get, let's say games at five. So you're there. You could start homework there. And of course, most of the teammates probably aren't going to do homework, mm-hmm. but you have to like decide, okay, either like I'm going to be up until 2 a.m. studying and doing homework or, you know, what I did was like, I would make like, a, um, I'll be on Quizlet and like be like going through flashcards of bio, you know, if I had a test the next day or like, 
or like trying to do like small homework I had that like, okay, I know this homework only take me like 15 minutes. Let me just get out the way now. Mm-hmm. And, and then save like the bigger, longer homework for when I get home. And so it's just like use, utilizing like the small pieces you have instead of like waiting all day and then having like a crap ton to do at night. Because I realized the hard way that sleep is very important and like you will not wake up the next morning like in your right mind, if you only sleep four hours every day, because one thing that I got caught up in was that I would still be able to get like good grades on tests with like four hours of sleep and studying only the night before. But then obviously, like once I started taking harder classes, that wasn't working. And it took like that one bad grade for me to realize this isn't working. Oh, crap. Oh, shoot. yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, shoot. Like, this got real, you know? And so um, definitely just, like, like look at your time and being, make sure you're, there's a moment of being productive. Like, and there's a lot of distractions, especially, like, with our phones, TikTok, YouTube, TV, mm-hmm. like, Netflix. There's so many things you'd rather do than sit there and do your calcum work. But at the end of the day, like, if you, if you know that you're going to want to do it, at, you know then like or if you need to do it then put your phone away do it mm-hmm. first and then you never know like you might finish it early and then now it's only like 10 o'clock and you have time to do that you know so that's kind of my two cents on mm-hmm. <laughs> being a student athlete and managing but it's definitely gonna take time it took me a while and it's like hard to master but you have to be patient with yourself mm-hmm. That's not, that's not two cents. That's really good advice. You walk, you go into junior year, like what happened to my A? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what happened here? It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah it exactly. really does take that one bad grade. All yeah. right. So one last extracurricular you mentioned is in the summers, you would go down to Louisiana and you'd work at your mm-hmm. dad's, you said AC company, right? Yeah. Yeah. So can you explain, you already said you went in the summer and you went for like a month and a half. So what exactly did you do at your dad's company? Like, what did you do? Were you more mm-hmm. like sh- shadowing him? Did you have like an official internship position? Yeah. So for when I was younger, I guess, when I wasn't mature, because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I started when I was like in seventh grade and then pretty much seventh grade all the way up until I want to say sophomore summer, um, I just shadowed. So like me and my dad, would be in his van he'd you know pull up at a customer's house they're like hey my house is hot I don't know why and it's like we have to we have to figure out why so it's like it's it's it was cool because like it was like real world problem solving so like we all get like in physics you know like oh this random boulder is falling down a hill like you know like you know what do you, you know like random scenarios that would never happen what's the it potential was, energy I yeah what's yeah what's the potential energy <laughs> like what's the tension force like if the string's gonna snap you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> random stuff but um it was cool because it was like real world problems and it's like okay I know like and like it was cool to see my dad because he knew like all the different tests to test for what things and then it was like oh this happened so I know it's this but then it can't it might also be something else on top of that and so it was just interesting seeing all that and then finally my the summer going to my senior year, so my junior summer, mm-hmm. so not so last summer, um, I started being on my own. So my I was able to drive um, and stuff. So my dad, like, he was like, "Hey, like, he would text me in the morning at six a.m. It was very hard to get up that early, but like, it was technically my job. So he would text me at six a.m. Be like, you know, this, 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 and this to do, um, and I would just go, you know, and do it." And I had like my set of tools. Um, I wasn't like going to people's houses and like figuring out because I wasn't like certified and all that. But I was doing like, um, like he had this job at this hotel where he had to like basically put in all the grills, like all the, like, you know, like all like the vent grills or whatever that yeah. like covered like the air and stuff. So he was like, I need you to go measure all the holes. And it's like a hotel. So it's a lot. And he was like, you go measure all these holes. And like, and then I need you to call the supply guy. Like, I'm not calling my dad. I'm calling like straight to the supply guy and telling him how many I need. And so if if I mess up, it's on me, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and then it was like, he had me doing a lot of individual stuff with that. And like, 
at first I was like, dang, like, dang, that's a lot of responsibility <laughs> because if I, you know, if I tell a guy too much of one thing, then now it's like, okay, we wasted money. Mm-hmm. And then if I tell him too little, now we have to order more. And now it's like, everything's delayed. So it's like, you know, it was a lot. And then it's 6 a.m. So I'm like half awake. So I have to make sure I got like my Starbucks at the beginning. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it was just like, it was a really good experience to just get like hands on, like you're there in person, you know, problem solving and independent, you know, work. So that's basically what I did for like the past seven years of working. Yeah. So like class vice president and like um, playing, you know, different high school sports, that's pretty self-explanatory to a college. Like they see and they understand what you've been doing Yeah. with your dad, with working with your dad in the summers. Like, how did you phrase that in your college application? Like, I guess if there, if you did give a title to yourself, what title did you give and what points mm-hmm. did you highlight in that? Yeah. So on Common App, I just labeled it as summer job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the, I think there's like a brief description. I just yeah. put like, um, I think I just said that I was just a technician that worked um, with my dad. I think that's the only thing I put. But like I said, when I um, applied to Vanderbilt, my supplement essay, I went into like a lot more detail about last summer when I was working by myself mm-hmm. and that whole experience. And is this like, I mean, maybe it's not the exact engineering you want to go into, but is that what kind of like sparked your interest in like, you know, engineering? Yeah, definitely. It definitely helped a lot. Like I don't go into freshman year. I was like, I know myself and I switch up hobbies and ideas a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, I I knew I was like striving like, oh, I'm a, you know, major in engineering, major in engineering. And it just kind of like helped reassure myself that I actually knew like I wanted to I mean obviously I could go to like college next fall and be like what the heck I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. but um it helped me like stay comfortable with like my decision that I wanted to major in that Mm -hmm. all right so let's get into like the actual college application now we've gone through most of the major parts so number one did you apply to at least most schools common app yeah I applied only common i applied to two schools directly through like their websites Mm -hmm. but those are like small schools that like i only applied because they sent the email like oh it takes five minutes to apply to our school Mm -hmm. um but yeah mostly through common app all right so let's go on to the the big common app essay so can you walk us through like which prompt did you end up choosing and then you know which what did you actually write about and if you don't yeah. feel comfortable sharing some parts, that's fine. Just like, what was the general idea and what message were you trying to convey through your Common App essay? Okay. So um, I ended up picking the other category because I didn't think what I talked about was like really answered any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically <laughs> this, I sat with this for so long because I didn't want to do like, because I like at first I thought the generic like oh like this person in my life passed away and this affected me this way and this is this interest came from this came from you know that happening but I felt like that was too common you know and even though it was something that definitely impacted me I was like I know there's other stuff that impacted me like Mm -hmm. what am I passionate about and funny enough so I don't know if you know I like talking a lot (laughs) like a lot a lot and so it was this one night it was like 3 a.m me and my sister talking in the kitchen and I just like, I don't know what sparked it. I just started ranting and I was just ranting about like this whole concept of like, you have to be smart. You have to be intelligent, like grades and like stats equals intelligence. That it's not about what you learn. Like I was ranting about like the people I see in my classes that like cheat and do all this stuff, but they have perfect grades because they're not doing their own work and like just all that stuff. And then my sister was like, dude, write your essay about this and I'm like but I already have like my essay she was like dude like yeah. like you know change it so this is like this is like in August so it was kind of late on like changing my whole common app essay but I was like okay best so I like that night it's like I mean, it's like 4 a.m I go and just start writing and I'm just like I'm like steaming like you can like picture steam coming my ears I'm just typing away like so um yeah so my essay was basically 
about like challenging like what we look at as intelligent in society and like questioning like if we want our like if we want high schoolers to focus on grade letters or um or actually learn the material so that's basically what I focused on and I guess what I want colleges to see for me was just like I was I guess a critical thinker I challenged um that I, I challenged the norms I guess um and that I don't conform to what I see everyone else do because it was it's it was not very common but a lot of people in my school were like oh shoot there's a test oh well that teacher doesn't care if you cheat so I'm just gonna pull out my phone you know like it would just be like that and you're just like but right. like yeah like guys like come on <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and so it was like it it, it could like of course it's tempting to just be like oh like if the teacher's not caring then why don't I just pull out my phone and cheat but like it's not like it's not helping you at all like you're gonna walk away not knowing what the heck like that material is and then if you need it in college if you need it later like <laughs> you're not gonna know you know how, what to do while everyone else will so that's basically what I wrote my essay about um and and what I tried to portray and I'm sure you didn't just write it at that 4 a.m. and submit it. You obviously probably edited oh, yeah. it to make it more yeah. eloquent. So. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I forgot that part. Um, yeah, I definitely, it took me about from August to, I want to say, October, I worked on it. And I had, like, my AP Lit teacher read over it. Um, it just gave me, like, she gave me grammar corrections because she was, like, she said that she didn't want to change the content. She wanted it to stay in me. So she just gave me help. Which I really, I really like that she did that because I didn't want it to become like her story, you know. Mm-hmm. I like her opinions, and so she just helped me with like you know commas, periods, all that stuff. And then I had like my mom read it. I had like my uncle read it, my sister read it. Um, but after all, the, after they all read it, I I didn't instantly go and like you know in Google Docs you can just like like correct like everything without looking through it and just like click like it it's like a blue button it's just like it just changes it and you don't have to look at it i made sure i like went through it and make sure that like their edits didn't change my idea because mm-hmm. i wanted to make sure that it was still my idea even though like you know they were trying to help and i feel mm-hmm. like that was important yeah google docs making some weird suggestions sometimes yeah they where, where did that where did that come from yeah but thank you to your sister for giving you that idea yeah, like I have to, I have to, I have to applaud her. You know, I have to thank her as much as it might kick me too. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to thank your sibling sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go into the list of schools that you ended up applying mm-hmm. to. So, again, you can take it from here. You did say you came in like you were thinking about Vanderbilt freshman year because mm-hmm. that worked out fine for you. So yeah. by the time you were actually applying to colleges and it became like a very immediate thing you needed to address, what schools, what were you first of all looking for in a college? Like mm-hmm. were, were academics the number one thing? Were internship opportunities, research opportunities, school life, you know, weather, like city, yeah. suburb rural? What were you looking for in a school? Like what were your most important factors? And then in the end, which colleges did you end up applying to? Okay. So, okay. And make sure you, like, you can be, you can cut me off because I talk a lot. So like, if I get off subject, you can, like, veer me back. <laughs> um, okay, so at first, I got caught up in, like, the whole prestige, like, school. So, like, coming in, like, I know starting freshman year is early, but that's where, like, it personally started for me. So I'll start there. So, like, coming in freshman year, I just did what a lot of people do, go to U.S. News, go to, like, niche whatever website and just look at the top 20 schools and like oh i'll just apply to those and so for the longest time like pretty much freshman year to like sophomore year i guess that's only two years but like i only looked at that and i didn't realize like i didn't really care about any other things that like schools had and then as i was a junior i was okay like i'm actually gonna be living at these schools so what do i actually like you know Mm -hmm. Um, so then I started looking at the specific engineering schools that these schools had, because come to find out, even though Princeton's number one on all these charts, they not necessarily have the best engineering school, you know. So I had to first off cut off schools that didn't have biomedical engineering or um, didn't seem like they prioritized engineering. I had like a engineering 
specific school. So then that cut off like a lot of schools um, from there. And then I also widened my my reach. So I, you know, like I said, I originally just looked at the top 20 and was like, oh, that's it. So then I started looking at just like less at rank and just where like what schools kept popping up that had a lot of things I liked. So then it became, okay, I kind of am sick of Michigan's cold winters. I kind of want to go somewhere warm because I'm not trying to walk to class in minus 20 in snow. So, you know, so then I started looking at like schools like University of Miami, like warmer places. Um, and then I also was like, okay, what, like, do I want to live in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and like a rural place or do I want to live, you know, middle of city, like NYU or something. Um, and so then I started like, I started letting go of some of some schools. And then this was also when like, I actually stopped looking at Vanderbilt, <laughs> which is, it's kind of weird how like my relationship with Vanderbilt is. Cause I came in freshman year like, oh my gosh, this is cool. They have such cool things. And then I totally just stopped caring about them <laughs> until my junior year. Um, and I, I started looking at schools like University of Pennsylvania, University of Southern California, Duke, as like my main choices. And um, but one thing that like I made sure I didn't do was I didn't want to get like this perfect dream school in my head because I kind of was like realistic with myself. And I was like, OK, I know my grades. I know how I am. But like these people are probably going to take. Three, five, three to five minutes to read my application and make a decision on me. So I can't, you know, I can't sit here and be like, oh, like this is my dream school. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in and do everything just for that one school. Let me just like try and be the best applicant I can. And then, you know, and have a set of schools I really like, but not one that I have to get in. And good thing I did that because I don't get into any of like my top three schools, <laughs> but I'm happy with the ones I did get into. And I get into that. Um, yeah, so, but basically by the time I applied to all my schools, the main things I focused on was um, living, having a school that was near our Anna main city, um, warm, warmer weather than Michigan, which isn't hard to do. But, Not hard at all. Yeah, but <laughs> um, just warm-ish weather, I guess you can say. Um, and then a, a respectable engineering school. Like, I don't want to go somewhere, like, I don't want to go to, like, somewhere that was so focused on liberal arts that like engineering they only had engineering just so they could say that they had it um and then the other thing was like resources that they had like whether a study abroad or like you know like the club sports they had or just stuff like that and then like i guess the last thing for me was i wanted a school that had sports like varsity sports that people actually went to um which was some reasons why i didn't really like um like some schools like my sister she goes to washington university in st louis and she's like no one cares about sports here mm -hmm. and like i love going to like football games you know basketball games stuff like that so like okay i kind that's kind of a need and like you know it's a small thing i realized like the small when you're living there like the small things are gonna matter when you're there so i kind of was like okay these like the five i think that's five the five ish things that i like and so the schools I ended up applying to, I'll just go over like the schools I actually wanted to. I won't really go over my safeties because mm -hmm. I kind of like freaked out in like December and was like, crap, I'm not going to get into anywhere. Let me just apply to a bunch of schools. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have like a, a lot of safeties, but the main schools I applied to was University of Pennsylvania, Duke University, University of Southern California, Vanderbilt University, Lake Forest, Washington University in St. Louis. Um, those are them. Oh, Case Western, University of Miami. I think those are the main ones. And another thing, I went to get out of Michigan. So I didn't apply to any Michigan schools. So I didn't apply to U of M, even though it's like $50,000 cheaper since I live in state. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I just I just wanted to get out of the state and like experience more um but yeah so those are the main schools i applied to i can get into like which ones i got accepted into and stuff yeah we're gonna do that just i know you don't want to mention your safeties but can you say overall how many sc schools you applied to i think in total i applied to 15 which i don't 
I don't advise you to do. I mean, like five of them, not five, seven of them didn't have essays, like supplement essays, because they were yeah. like safeties. But definitely, like, definitely don't apply to that many. And if you do start early, because I started like supplement essays in probably like no October, November. So I was like on crunch time pretty much the whole process. Um, and that's the number with like, I was going to apply a lot more schools than that, but then I was running out of time. So it would have been probably 20, but like I had to take Brown, Yale, like mm-hmm. Northwestern, all those out. Cause I, I didn't have time to write four essays for them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's probably the number. Yeah. Okay. So go down those eight schools that you gave me and just tell me which ones you got accepted, waitlisted, and then rejected from. Okay. So accepted, um, Vanderbilt university. I got accepted early. It was regular decision, but they, it was like this mosaic. It's like multicultural something, something program. They let me in early and then university of Miami. I got in early action case Western. I got in early action. Um, and then it went down from there. <laughs> Didn't you get to University of Miami too? Oh yeah, University of Miami. Oh, Lake Forest. Yeah, Lake Forest. I got into them too early. And then it kind of went down here from there. I got waitlisted for University of Pennsylvania, which I was like, oh, you know, that's not bad. Um, and then rejected from my sister's school, Washington University in St. Louis, Duke, um, my blanky, University of Southern California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those four I got rejected from. And then we listened. Yeah. Okay. All right. So just let's quickly get what was your reaction when you got into Vanderbilt? Because you know, that's the school you're gonna go to. Yeah. Okay. So I'll make it quick. So funny enough, like I said, I got in early. So it was like 1 a.m. I just finished everything. I'm in bed. I always check my emails before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Just in case I got a likely letter from, you know, a school. It never happened, but you know, who knows? So I was checking my emails and Vanderbilt was like, it was like February and I applied regular decision. And like, they were like, your portal has been updated. I was like, like, it's a little early. Like Mm -hmm. that comes on the end of March. And so then I'm freaking out. Like what the heck? So then I was thinking, crap, did I apply like regular decision by mistake? Cause I checked, I don't know if there's like this app called Zimi. Oh, wait, that's never mind. Bro, you I know found Zimi. you on the Zimi. Yeah, I was really, okay, you know Zimi, but like it's, for the people who might not know, it's like this app where you can meet other people that apply to different schools. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I checked there and like all these people in the group chat, like, oh my gosh, early decision came out. And I was like, oh shoot. Like, cause mm-hmm. I didn't want to apply early decision there. And then I, I didn't open it. I went to sleep. And I woke up, so I went to with my mom and she was asleep. So I woke up at 6 a.m. the next day, five hours later with my mom. I checked it and it was like, oh my gosh, you got it. I was freaking out. I was like, oh, what the heck? Like, that's crazy. And I was just like, wow. Like, I didn't expect that at all. And I was, I was so happy. It was like, but it was one of those things where it was like, I was so happy, but it was like, it felt so like artificial. Like I couldn't like, like it didn't process, you know, mm-hmm. like. I was like, dang, like, what? You know, like, it's still, it, it just processed, like, a week ago. And that happened in, like, February. <laughs> <laughs> Only a week ago? Yeah. Like, I was sitting there. I was like, dang. Like, I got to Vanderbilt. <laughs> you know? So you applied Vanderbilt early decision? No, I applied regular. It just, with the program I got into, mm-hmm. they just can't, they just released decisions the same time as early decision. Can you quickly elaborate on the program that you got into? Because I've never heard of that one. Yeah. So it's like, it's part of Vanderbilt's, okay, I, I, I half know it because they don't really explain it. Like mm-hmm. the website is not very clear. But what I know is like Vanderbilt has like, they have like this push to make their campus more diversified, I guess you can say. And so they made like this program that is like attached to their um, admissions office. And basically they go to seek out like multicultural candidates. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess for me, since I'm African-American, they're like, okay, he's African-American and we think he would be, you know, a good, um, you know, student at our school. So they like reached out 
And so I don't know like how like the whole thing works with the normal mistress office. I think it's just like a subcategory to them. I think it's mm-hmm. like the same, you know, still like part of it. Um, and yeah, so that's essentially what it is. But at the same time, Vanderbilt isn't very clear mm-hmm. on it. And then when I got in, I didn't really care about what's how much it was because I was like, hey, I got in. So, you know, but yeah, to explain it best, yeah, it's, yeah that's what it is. All right, so we're coming to an end here because you don't have any college experience. You can't, you know, talk about, you know, your time at well, Vanderbilt. I'm joking. <laughs> but the last thing I want to do before we wrap up is advice from you. So you can give any type of advice you want. You can give it to, you know, people who are coming into high school, maybe mm-hmm. seniors, I don't know, advice on like choosing a college. And it can be like stuff specific to the college application process, something you wish you had done differently in high school, or it can be just general life advice you want to give. So take it away from here okay um i'll i'll do like i'll make it brief for like each but i want to say like a little bit for like each part <laughs> um so if you're an incoming high schooler coming from middle school i would just i would i would say make sure that this first part's not academic make sure that you do what you're comfortable with and that um you know coming in that you can find more friends. Cause I know some people who got stuck almost with their middle school friends and felt like they had to be friends with them. So when they started doing different things that they might necessarily agree with, they felt like they had to do it or had mm-hmm. to stay with those friends. So I was saying like, just know that you don't have to stay with one group that you can adventure out and people will accept you. And high school doesn't look as intimidating as it is. <laughs> like seniors, like, are not intimidating like you a freshman you walk in you see like you know the six foot five basketball players and you get terrified but like everyone's still like everyone's still young like people might act tough but like you know everyone's still around the same position you were and everyone was at the position you were coming in mm-hmm. um and then academically i'll say make sure just try and push yourself because you never know you never know how well you could do um, cause for me, I came in knowing, okay, I'm going to push myself, take honors in AP classes, but I know some people who were like, oh, AP is too hard, but they never taken an AP class. And so my advice would be to take an AP class. And like my sister, she took, she went, she signed up to take honors algebra too. She went in way too fast for her. She like, I can't do this. She went down to normal algebra two. And then that was fine. Senior year ended up taking Calc AB, got a B. She was happy, um, you know, and that was that. But I would just say, put yourself out there, challenge yourself. And if you, if you, okay, if you realize this is too fast for me, then you can take a step down. But just try and push yourself first and see how well you can do. Because you might never know, you might take this AP class and, you know, you know, succeed in it. And now you have that AP under your belt. You know, now you have you know, even wider knowledge on whatever subject it was. Um, so that's for incoming freshmen. And I'll go kind of fast because that was kind of a long response. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll say for if you're a junior and you're about to enter this process, or I guess I'll say sophomore about to enter the process, college, um, don't stress out too much on one specific school because like with me, I didn't know where I was going to end up. And like, I mean, no one really knows where they end up. Um, and like, you think it might be one school, you might think they're perfect for me, you know, they have this, this, and this, and I want to do that. But don't focus all your things in just one school. Make sure you have an array of options for yourself. Because I mean, even if you do get into that one school, you still want to have multiple options because you don't know what your financial aid package might look like, you know, for that school. Or, you know, you, you never know. So I would just say, come in and find, you know, I'm not, you don't have to be 15 schools like I did, but at least three or four that you really like that you would love to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, I tried not to get attached to one school. And so it wouldn't hurt as much if I didn't get in, but I know a lot of people who had a dream school pushed to it and got into it. So I w- I'm not going to say don't have a dream school, but also make sure that the rest of the schools you apply to um, are still schools you would actually want to go to. All righty. Yeah, that's, that's fine. No, I love it when people like, you know, take it's so much more interesting when you have those people who like, you know, talk and like share more. 
So thank you very much for coming on, Michael. That's pretty much. Well, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for for carrying this this interview. (laughs) Yeah, my AP Lit teacher told me all the time I talk way too much. So I mean, you you are the perfect candidate. (laughs) You remind me of my brother. Really? Like, yeah, very very similar right there. Your brother's a very intelligent man. (laughs) All right. Have a good, you're in Eastern time, so have a good night. Yeah. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.